back in our dad's days and our dad's dad's days it was strictly reserved as a combat veteran term um, in today's language and even by legal definition it is honorably serving members at first it becomes almost like a you know oh that's what that sounds like oh that's what that's what they were talking about all of a sudden all of these hypotheticals become very realistic outcomes this is around river city i'm ken cooper thanks for being a part of this conversation i think it's going to be a very interesting one we had just heard from rob thone he's the houston county veteran service officer and that last comment that you heard from him came after i asked him as a veteran of active duty what it felt like to be shot at and i'll admit i was nervous and uncomfortable even asking the question and uh we can listen into the podcast and hear more of his answer we'll also talk about the veterans benefit bonanza which may or may not have already occurred when you're listening to this but services are available all the time and rob will explain how and we're also going to talk with scott stack he is a co-worker here at midwest family and really what i wanted to talk about with both of them is their service and being veterans and that's the conversation this time on around river city This is Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper. Thanks again for being a part of the conversation. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, it's easy and it's free. You can do that at aroundrivercity.com. We'll send you a notification every time there's a new episode. And by the way, you can always grab the podcast, listen to it from any of the podcast platforms that you might use. All right, let's get right into the conversation with Scott Stack and Rob Thone, a couple of veterans. Let's have each of my guests introduce themselves. Uh, Rob, why, why don't you give us the official introduction and title? All right. Uh, my name is Robert Thone. I am the Houston County Veteran Service Officer. Um, I've been there now for about eight years. Uh, I'm a Marine Corps veteran from 2003 to 2007. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll learn more about Rob <laughs> as we go on. And Scott, your official introduction. Yes, uh, Scott Stack. Uh, I am a veteran that served in the Army from 92 through 95. Okay. Do I need to be nervous that there's a, a Marine and an Army person in the room with me? You guys aren't going to fight? I don't know what the no, feelings no. are between <laughs> Army and Marines. He, he wouldn't catch most of the jokes anyways. So we're good. <laughs> you know, that's, what I, that's how I want to start out. Yeah. You each must have a joke about the other. Uh, probably the, the, the biggest disappointment for Marine veterans with the Veterans Bonanza is that we are not giving out crayons at the door. Ooh, burn. Damn, I'm sorry. Rob? I'm sorry. You just missed out on all the tasty flavors. (laughs) (laughs) Any, you want That could be for drawing or for eating. You just never quite know. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any, any shot you want to hurl his way? That's right. The army's right around the corner. You can dress up like a Marine. (laughs) All right, this is going to be a fun conversation. Well, and one thing we both can agree on is it's fun to make fun of both the Air Force and the Coast Guard. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And the Navy. I see it, Navy's in my family, so I guess you guys make fun of me and my family, too. And and to be completely fair, I think the, the Air Force flack is mostly because we screwed up and didn't enlist in the Air Force. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say <laughs> anything. the best chow. For sure. That's what I've heard. Although my dad my dad was in World War II in the Navy, and he said that on board ship, the food was really good because they were, I, I don't know, he, because they felt bad for them or what? But he said they he thought they had the best food. That depends on what rank you are. Ah, okay. Okay. All right. He was a chief petty officer. That so. would explain a lot of things. Oh, yeah. okay. The chief's right. mess is like the best mess on ship. Okay. Um, they have a completely separate chow hall and... Okay. It is it is bar none some of the best. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. The only time we ever got really good food is if there was somebody coming to our post. Oh. Other than that, yeah, it was just. <laughs> so is that how you knew that somebody was going to be visiting? Well, this oh, yeah. is real meat. <laughs> oh, yeah. There must be somebody important in town. Or if they were going to give bad news. I always got good or, food if they were going to give bad news. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's when the spread really got rolled out. <laughs> Would they really? That's really a thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So Steak and lobster. Every time they gave us bad news, what what kind of bad news? I, I, is it like on deployment? Deployment, yeah. yeah. Like, no, not only are you deploying, but then when we're there, it's you're going to be here longer than we told you. Uh, so here's steak and lobster. 
Oh, okay. okay. All right. <laughs> Scott, did that ever happen with you? Uh, I was I was very, very lucky. Uh, my service time came between major conflicts. So I came very, very close to being deployed several times, but never actually deployed. So uh, thank you. You were overseas, though, weren't you? In- I was stationed in Germany. Yeah. Um, and, and there, like I say, there were a couple of times where we were close just with some of the things that were going on at that time. Um, but never, never actually had to okay. deploy beyond. So, okay. So that's learning for me. I thought just being overseas like that would be considered deployed, but that is no. not. No, I was just stationed overseas. Okay. Yeah, there's a difference between, like, the bases you go to and then just a tour. Okay. Like, in the Marine Corps, they've got uh, Okinawa, Japan, and a couple other ones, and those are considered duty stations versus, like, well, I'm on a deployment or tour where we're either going around to different countries or we have a battle zone to go to. That's what's considered more of a deployment versus a duty station. Okay. All right. Well, like, you know, we'll talk more. I, I really am fascinated. Uh, I, I do have a lot of veterans in my family, and I'm, I'm fascinated to learn more about your stories. But what has brought us together is the Veterans Benefit Bonanza that is coming up, Rob, when? November 5th. November 5th. And I'm guessing uh, this has been keeping you pretty busy lately. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This uh, every year always sucks up quite a bit of time and energy. Um, this is probably one of our, no, not probably. This is our largest year um, that we've ever put together. Um, okay. So we'll have the most amount of vendors. We have the most amount of partnerships, uh, the most amount of space, uh, assistance, everything. This will be our largest year ever. Okay. And what is the Veterans Benefit Bonanza? Um, the Veterans Benefit Bonanza started as a way to provide um, benefits to veterans um, of all walks of life and all stages of life. Um, whereas previously it was maybe more focused focus towards one population or another. Uh, We identified, uh, what, six, seven years ago that we needed a larger, uh, more uh, inclusive event, an event that provided um, everything from education to work to end-of-life planning and beyond. Um, And so we started developing the Bonanza as a way to bring all those providers from the Cooley area together in one spot. Um, And, you know, we try to operate on the unofficial model, unofficial motto of, you know, one-stop shop. You should be able Mm -hmm. to get everything done um, in that day. You know, all your questions could be answered, plus some you never even knew you had. Okay. And Scott, as a, the main reason that you're here is you are, I think you're a pretty good example of a lot of veterans out there. You just never took advantage of all of the benefits that were out there. Is that safe to say, or you didn't know there were so many benefits? It was, it was a combination of the two. It was, it was not only not taking advantage of the benefits, but not realizing that they existed. Um, you know, when I got out, I was still very young, uh, the whole 10 foot tall bulletproof, nothing's ever going to, you know, is ever going to harm me. And as I've gotten older, uh, some of those things that uh, happened while I was in service have become more pronounced, um, you know, uh, lower back issues, uh, broke my foot while I was in service, you know, so th- those things like that, where in your 20s, they don't really, they don't really bother you. Um, well, and when, in your 20s, you don't tend to think beyond your 20s either. Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. At, at that point, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not that bad. It's not going to get that bad. I'll be fine. Um, and then it, it seems like the clock magically struck 40 and, Everything starts falling apart Boom. and a little bit more sore in the morning. And, uh, you know, and, and so that was one of those things that really prompted me to go in and, and talk with, uh, uh, talk with the guys, uh, you know, both with, uh, with Robert and, um, and Adam as well. Uh, and just kind of get that ball rolling to see what there might be that was service connected. And then all of the benefits that come beyond that as well, depending upon what your disability rating is. Uh, and then not only that portion, there's a lot that the you know comes that comes from the government side, but there's also a lot of private um, organizations that offer benefits to to veterans. So you know whether it's it's uh, some type of uh, uh, job development or uh, financing for a home or uh, educational benefits, things of that nature. You know there's all kinds of these benefits that that are out there that 
uh, if you're not paying attention to it, it, it can change quickly, and th- there's a lot more of it out there than you might think. So, Rob, how common is Scott's story that, you know, I got out and I just, I sort of put it out of my mind and it didn't occur to me. I hear it every day. Every day I hear that conversation from every era, every age, every generation. I hear that story. Um, and it's not, uh, not, not uncommon at all. Um, they just put it to the back of their mind. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And like I said, you wake up one day and you're like, Oh, Oh, maybe I, maybe I do need to get to this. And it's been 20, 20 years, you know? Well, I think, I wonder how long Scott, you live with a pain before you realized, Oh yeah. (laughs) <laughs> this is where this comes from. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it's something that in the, the conversations with Rob, as we're sitting there talking about the process that I'm going through, and it, it's kind of amazing where I'm, I'm sure Rob at a couple of points here has, has seen something flash across my forehead where it's like, okay, you just remembered something. And it's like, yeah, I did. There was, you know, this one time where this happened. Um and and so a lot of that you you put it out of your mind until you start having those issues, and then you start thinking back to it and going, okay, yeah, there was this time and this time and this time that the you know these various things happen that that are causing the problems that I'm having now. Hmm. Wear and tear adds up. Wear yeah, and tear adds up, and you may not see, may not it may seem like an anthill back then, and now it's a mountain. Oh yeah. Well, and I think and Rob, I know we've said this uh, between in conversations between us many times before, but I. I also think I wonder if if there are some veterans that forget the fact that they deserve these benefits and they've earned them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like um like we've talked before, um when you sign your name on the dotted line, um the military only promises you three things. They promise you a home, they promise you an education and to fix what they broke. And so really what we're what we're hitting on here is that last bullet point to fixing what they broke. Um a lot of people they get out, they're 22, 23, you know, and nope, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, until all of a sudden they're not fine. Then they don't consider it due to their military service, and that's where people like me come in and, you know, bring it to light. You know, it's not, we're not making something up, and I don't want, you know, my biggest uh, hurdle is getting through to the veterans by going, you know, this isn't, we're not making something up, we're not creating something out of nowhere, we're just shining a new light and a new perspective on the situation. Um, you may not think that this issue was due to it, but all of a sudden I start telling a story that sounds very familiar to your own. Um, and they all of a sudden it starts to click in their head like, Oh no, no, that I did have this experience. The, I was exposed to these things. I did have this thing happen to me. Um, and they get a little more comfortable with the idea of proceeding forward, uh, with the VA. Hmm. Scott, what would you say to your 20 something year old self? If you could go back now to that person as you, as he was getting out of the army, I I don't think it's anything that would be safe for repeating at this point. Um, it would have been very very harsh on myself. Um, just just don't wait. Just go and at least check it out. Um, be at be educated on what benefits are available to you, and don't feel like you're taking something away from somebody else because this isn't a we only have so many spaces available. We've only got so much whatever available. Uh, if you're a veteran, you you served, you earned these mm-hmm. these these benefits. So uh, go in and check out and see what you can you know what you can get because it, it, you know it's not always a um, it's it's not always a a, a check. It's not always uh, money. It, it could be help with getting your first home. It could be um, you know burial benefits. It's one of the things I you know I'm thinking about with other family members now that have served. Uh, getting up there in age and and looking at the 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 burial side of things and what that all encompasses. So I'm trying to think of all the questions a veteran might ask maybe before they decide that they're willing to to get the help that they deserve. Is there like a statute of limitations if I served in Korea or early in Vietnam or is it too late? Nope. So the beauty with the the beauty of this program and then what the VA offers with this is there is no statute of limitations, there is no length, there is no uh none of that exists, right? It's whenever you're ready. And so a lot of times what we find is um either they were told no 
like back in the 80s or 90s, for example, um, and they just never came and asked the question again. And so now here we are 20, 30 wow. years later. And so things have changed that, that much. That things, have cha- things have changed just in the last five years. Things have changed a lot in the last 10 years. Um, it is an ever-changing landscape of benefits, and it may seem glacier from the outside, uh, but when you're in it every day, there are big changes all of the time. And with that, um, cons- you know, we don't expect the normal veteran in their day-to-day life to be keeping up with what are the changes? What are the, you know, do I qualify for this all of a sudden? No, it doesn't happen until something rocks them. Somebody asks, so, you know, a family member, a friend, a caregiver asks the question again. Um, and then all of a sudden they come to find out, Oh, Hey, that rule changed. 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, whatever. Um, and it can be a life changing moment. Um, now, now if you're checking every year, then you're like, well, well nothing ever changes. Yeah, right. Nothing ever happens. Right. Um, so, you know, we do, we do make a recommendation that like about every five years, it doesn't hurt to pop back in or do a scour, or do your own research and double check to see if you've missed anything. One of the other, um, I just wanted to tag on to a little bit more about what Scott was saying about you know, reasons why people don't, um, you know, so we do the, you know, they have the, they were told no, um, you have the, well, I'm not a veteran. Um, and we've, and on that note, we have, I mean, us as a society have changed our, uh, perception and definition of what is and isn't a veteran. Um, I mean, back in our dad's days and our dad's dad's days, it was strictly reserved as a combat veteran term. Um, and today, language and even by legal definition it is honorably serving members um, are considered veterans and so um, it takes a little bit of elbow grease and energy to try to get people um, past some of that where no I served uh, the fem- uh, female population in the veteran world is um, has some of the same thing with the older generations uh, well I'm not a veteran right I didn't I didn't deploy I didn't go overseas I didn't you know no 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 you're still considered a veteran you're still this is still a benefit you signed your name on the dotted line just like everybody else did um, you deserve your your time your your option the other thing that we run into uh, very commonly is the people's perception of the bureaucracy of the machine um the machine is too difficult to chew through um or too difficult to jump through the hoops too difficult to navigate well fortunately where we are and and um we have cvsos we have good veteran organizations um and are we are here to be that guiding principle there there's um I mean, that's what I do every day is, is help navigate people through all of this. And it can be boiled down to, you know, uh, it doesn't cost anybody anything to try. It doesn't cost anything to ask a question. Um, at most, um, it's one appointment, right? It's one appointment to ask those questions and find out, and it can make a complete difference or not. Um, and then when you're dealing with the VA and you're in the middle of the process, it's, one medical exam it really can be a very low impact um experience um for the veteran and their family for what could be absolute life-changing um and so those are pretty amazing yeah those are the three that we deal with those are probably the three I, i see the most when it comes to um not filing for their benefits or not looking into it you know definitely uh definitely hear those quite often so bringing it back to the the veterans benefit bonanza if if you are a veteran if you even if you're a family member of a veteran you're not sure if you qualify for anything it's a good idea to stop by and find out absolutely absolutely this is a um this is a location and an event where if you're not a vet, but you, you know of one or you work with one or you take care of one or you're married to one or one's your son, you know, this is a place where you can go and just ask the question, right? Um, and you don't have to make an appointment. You don't have to um, feel obligated. You don't need to bring anything with you. Um, you can just show up, check it out. And get get the answers that you might be interested in. Maybe discover things you didn't know you were interested okay. in. 
All right. Well, we're going to take a break, but real quick, give us the date and the location again of the Bonanza. Yep. So it's November 5th, uh, and that's a Saturday, and that's 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Lacrosse Center, South Hall. All right. We'll be right back. I'm Ken Cooper, and this is Around River City. You can go to aroundrivercity.com. Anytime you're looking for something fun and interesting to do in the area, whether it's a a business or an activity, an event, a location, you'll find it all at aroundrivercity.com. Let's get back into my conversation with Rob Thone, the Houston County Veteran Service Officer, and Scott Stack, both military veterans. You were more in Germany, though. You didn't make yeah. it to like Egypt or Djibouti or anything. No, and I was I was between here again. I was I was between in the, that time that I was well, in. Just because you're in between doesn't mean it doesn't count. No, no, no. Well, but just saying, as yeah. far as here again, you know, the yeah. the deployment side of things. Yeah, it was. It, it wasn't. You know, when I was in, it was uh, it was Yugoslavia, uh, and then Somalia were really the two big things that happened while I was in service, uh, and those were smaller. Yeah. I, I guess you could say, you know it wasn't perceived it wasn't, smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't Desert Storm. It wasn't Afghanistan. You know, it wasn't these these massive deployments. It was it was a, a generally a much smaller uh, force that was. I'm in guessing those it's not small when you're in it. No, <laughs> and and yeah, I mean, there's there's uh, there's certainly some moments where you you uh, you have that holy crap, it's it's real, you know. You train for it, you get prepared for it, but then there's that moment where you go, okay, this is really happening, mm-hmm. or this could be happening, you know. And it, it and Keep, yeah, bags packed, ready to go, and and just thankful that you you don't get that call. So, what was it like? Can you give us? Can you give me some specifics on a situation like that, and what it felt like to? Um, well, and first of all, let me go back to the beginning when you chose to go into the army. Correct, yeah. it was a choice. Yes. Did it really ever occur to you you might be going into harm's way? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I, I knew I knew that there was the potential for. Uh, you know, for harm, uh, for for being in some type of a conflict. Obviously, you know, had come off of Desert Storm, um, so knew that there was. Is that know, what it? Is that what got you to? Uh, uh, no, it was. I'm uh, third generation now. Uh, my dad, my grandfather, both hmm. served. Um, grandfather was during Korea. My dad was during Vietnam. So there again, just from their experiences, knew that there was, uh, you know, there was always that possibility. Sure. Um, and then, of course, the, the the job that I had also was one that would have been, um, uh, I don't know if you'd say more deployable or or probably one of the first ones to be deployed. Uh, so I knew I knew that there was there was certainly that possibility. But, um, you know, as Robert, as you as you can say, it's it. Once you're in and you're there, I don't know you. You necessarily really think about that. Uh, you've got your your people that you're surrounded with. You're worried about probably their safety more so than your own. Hmm. Um, it, you know, it, it the 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 potential for personal harm. I, I don't know that that ever really entered my mind once I was in in Germany. It was. Which I guess it's part of what the training is for. Oh, absolutely. So, what was your oh shit moment? Or your first? <laughs> uh, there was a. I don't remember any any of the dates. I just remember that there was uh, there was a meeting that we had with our platoon and the um, the post commander, and we were talking about Yugoslavia um, and and specifically it was about the Sarajevo airport and kind of giant map in his office showing that area. And kind of laying out, okay, this is where your squad is going to be. This is where your squad is going to be. This is, you know, so just walking through that process and, and so all you were sudden, part of that planning process. Uh, well, I'm not really planning. I was told where I was oh, going, okay. to, where okay. I was going okay. to be going. So, <laughs> okay. um, but just it progressing to that point where you, you know, we're now staring at a topographical map of the Sarajevo airport and just kind of going. Okay, so this could be yeah. next week. Yeah, this we've all heard that name and remember hearing it a lot back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So it was that was probably one of those moments where it was just kind of like, okay, this this is uh, this is coming. Shit is getting real. Yes. Um, and did you go? What happened? No. Um, in here again, I don't remember exactly what happened in that process because there was, 
you know, here again, you're falling in between, uh, uh, you know, some of the things that were happening happening in the Middle East, and then you had these smaller things that were flaring up as well. And I don't remember exactly what happened if it if it was a uh, uh, you know a de-escalation at that point or or what exactly happened. Um, here again, Robert can probably speak to this a little bit more so than I can even. Uh, those those plans for deployment. Uh, they they can change rather rapidly as well. So uh, you know you get this unit is all ready to go, and then somewhere someone in a in a in an, in an office with a much higher rank than than either of us had is like, no, we're going to do it this way instead. And now all of a sudden everything shifts, and so this unit that was ready to go, nope, you guys are down. This one that was sitting there, you know, sitting on your thumbs, now you guys are up and and get ready to go. Uh, stuff starting hmm. to happen. So, what was your rank? What did you get out with? Uh, I was a specialist E four. Okay, uh, Rob. I from previous conversations, I think you've had a, a lot of oh shit moments. Yeah, I can, I've had a couple. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tell us about your uh, service. <laughs> uh, I, and for me, like uh, when I enlisted, nine um, eleven had happened. And we we were doing the initial invasion in Iraq, and uh, is that it was nine eleven your reason for? No, I knew I'm going in? again a very similar story where you know I'm second generation. I knew I was going in in my freshman year of high school. Like that wasn't uh, wasn't a question. I wasn't going to college anytime soon, and um, so I just knew I was going in. And when that happened, um, there was some concern, you know. And at the time, we thought it was going to be just like the Gulf War, where it was going to be like a one-month war and wipe our hands and walk away um as we've seen that's not what happened but um and so i was pretty confident i saw the kind of youth and ignorance at that point of um you know this isn't this isn't really going to be a big deal um it didn't really um it didn't really hit home even while getting on the boat um so when i went to iraq um in 2004 it was we took the old school way we floated over to kuwait um and then uh getting off the boat i think that was kind of the first you know realistic moment all of a sudden that that desert heat hits you and it was it was crazy oh, it was a crazy experience right out of the because um so i was on an lha craft which is like a half aircraft carrier that the back end sinks for amphibious landing craft and so we just floated out the back of our boat and got to spend some time in the sea there and floated right up to kuwait and got off and so um and that's how we arrived and so you know that was kind of like the first taste of like oh okay this is this is real this is a thing you know um and then when we started into the training regiment once we got there you know and saw the equipment we were going to be working with and you know how our mission changed you know i was you know straight 0311 infantry and you know the we how's how you want to put that we, we didn't have the the same training right um we still were using kind of the generic um peacetime uh training and we weren't so heavily focused yet on cqb or close quarter urban combat stuff like that okay. so while we were in kuwait you know we were getting spun up on those tactics as quickly as possible and you know and i think if to make it i'm seeing a picture in my brain you say you were in the infantry in the Marines, I'm guessing you would have been what they called the tip of the spear. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. Um, so we were the ones, and so we were going over there to, to relieve um, another division or another battalion um, that had kind of just finished up. Um, the people that were in my unit at the time um, had done the initial invasion of Iraq. They had done the initial push through. They had come home. They had their six-month rotation, and then we were back. Um, and so this is where we were in a lot more of the occupational setting versus okay. the um, aggressive push. Um, and so I was in uh, the Anajaf province where the cemetery battle happened before uh, Ramadi kicked off or as Ramadi was kicking off and a few other locations, all part of a, a trifecta uh, battle plan somewhere in the sky that I had no idea what was happening until much later when I got out and could actually research what happened during that time. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was that was kind of the beginning of the the shits shall we say yeah um and then many more since that or you know moving forward from then and then even so when we came back from that tour about nine ten months later um we came back and then hurricane katrina happened um 
Spokane, and we were the closest thing to a unit in readiness for the Marine Corps. Um, so we got called back on the weekend, and we flew down to Louisiana and um, did humanitarian missions down there for a couple weeks. And that um, was an interesting time, and it was interesting to go from such a polar opposite of the breadth of what we can do as as the military, right? You know, two, three months earlier, I was in the desert, and here I am, you know, two, three months later, you know, trying to clean up a community from from a natural disaster. Um, so it was uh, interesting, and I appreciate the time that I got to do for all of it, you know. Um, but yeah. Is there any way, and maybe this isn't something you can even answer, I, I just, the feeling of being shot at. I, I think that is, I, I'm not, is that funny because it's, it's a naive question or I just don't, it's so unimaginable. Uh, well, and it is, it is, at least for me, um, it, uh, I don't know. It's almost surreal when it starts happening. Like it's almost, I, oh, the only thing you can do is laugh. You know, I just remember a lot of gallows humor, a lot of poor tasted humor. Um, and you know, we'll give like, you a pass on that. Like, is it like, is this really happening? Did they just, you know, um, and then as it kind of wears in and the reality kind of sets in, um, yeah, it gets a little more intense as it kind of goes along, but it, it doesn't wear off. Um, you know, um, for me, it didn't anyway. And, um, yeah. So like I said, at first, at first it becomes almost like a, you know, Oh, that's what that sounds like. Oh, that's what, that's what they were talking about. All of a sudden, all of these hypotheticals become, um, very realistic outcomes. And, um, you understand why certain things are done the way they're done, why things are said the way they're said, how communication works and all that training starts to kick in, um, starts to all snap together at that point. It's just, I, it's, I can't, I still can't even imagine. I still can't even imagine. I served and I can't. <laughs> Never was in that situation, you know, and, and there again, I think that, that in and of itself comes back a little bit. Again, what Robert was talking about before, as far as some of the reasons that people don't talk to a CVSO, you know, to explore their benefits is you, you minimize your service, um, you know, it's it. There's anybody that has served has got somebody else that has done more, served longer. You know, just whatever it is. But if you served honorably, these are your benefits. It's not a competition. No, Correct. no, not Correct. not in what not in any way, shape, or form. Um, I know that that my service in the grand scheme of things was was largely inconsequential. Um, but I still, as Rob said, I signed on the dotted line. I, I served my time, um, you know, and, and served honorably. And, and so that's, you know, that's the important thing. Um, I mean, I, I, I would argue with you on the inconsequentialness of your service. But I know what you, I know what you mean, but I just, I don't want to. No, and, and it's, I, you know, I, I don't want to draw. Obviously, there are there are bad analogies that get used every day. Um, seeing a lot of blowback right now on, on uh was it uh, Tom Brady had mentioned something about the the NFL season being like a deployment, and it was just like, oh man, that's not going to go over well. Just just <laughs> yeah, stop yeah, that, yeah, you know. Yeah. But it, it's it, so it's not the, necessarily like a, a a survivor's guilt. It's a I was willing to do more, and I feel bad that I didn't do more. Hmm. I wish I there's a part of me that wishes that I would have stayed in so I could have done more. Um, and we and I say that a lot, even as the infantry side. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I still needed to get fed. I still had to get transported. I still needed vehicles to run around in. You know, I still needed logistics. I still needed to get paid. I still needed all of these things oh, to, yeah. to make happen. And that's and that's really the tough part is everybody plays their part. Everybody has their role. Um, but you get we get so hyped about you know Hollywood and and what it presents and our expectations. Um, as a society for who or what a veteran means or these old images in our head um, that it can leave somebody feeling like a, their their experience was cheapened or lesser than because they didn't do the ultimate things right, right? and right. that's and in reality that it can't be that way it's impossible to be that way you know like I, I you, you need the airplane support you need somebody to fix those airplanes you need the person to pay the person that's fixing the airplane i need to be fed i need the cooks i need the radios i need to be able to 
communicate, you know, like there's so much that goes into just that tip, you know, as you mentioned, that it, it would be impossible to do the thing. Without what the, the tip elements. does do nothing without the rest of the exactly. spear. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, army yeah. crumble, an army, army marches on its stomach, you yeah. know. So, um, we'll tell you what, let's take another break. Then we're going to come back and talk about uh, a major change that happened uh, a little while back. Oh, yep. I'm Ken Cooper, and this is Around River City. It's the podcast about the people and events, businesses that make this area is such a really cool place to live. Thanks for being a part of the conversation. Let's get back into it with Rob Thone and Scott Stack. It's one of those things that's been in the back of my mind that I didn't know whether or not to say anything. Um, people, com- especially veterans, comparing their service to somebody else's. Oh, sure. Um, you know, here again, if you if you listen to Hollywood, you'd think that there's a hell of a lot more Navy SEALs out there than there really oh, are. Yeah. <laughs> not everybody was special forces you know yeah. they're they're like Brown and Sanders. nobody was john wayne no 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 nope. and you're right some it, people it, tried but you know there's there's <laughs> two sides of the military there's there's the the fighting force and then there's the corporate side of it as well because you yeah you've got to have the finance and and the the like you said all this all the support has to be there mm-hmm. otherwise yeah that the, the the people out on the front are going to be just swinging in the wind. Yeah. Well, I think I think, and we can move on from this uh, topic. But I just I think if you are willing to be in the service, and there is at any point you are given a gun with bullets in it, then at at some point there is a possibility you'll be facing someone else with a gun and bullets in it, and I, yeah. and that should not be discounted. That possibility. I mean, my dad was, I've said, in the Navy in World War II, and he was on a ship. He was an elect, uh, He started out as an electrician. He was uh, chief petty officer. Um, I, I honestly don't know what his battle station was, but I'm, I'm sure he never face-to-face uh, encountered an enemy. Yeah. But he spent four years floating around as killing people, um, and I'm sure that weighed on him. Well, you and should have to think so. Yeah. Should. So, okay, let's talk about uh, something, Rob. I know that you said you wanted to make sure you mentioned because uh, uh, it sounds like this was a, a major change for lots and lots of veterans. The PACT Act. Yep. So the Honoring Our PACT Act um, was a massive omnibus bill that passed in august or was signed by the president august 10th um and what this did was a few things um that all of the service organizations um were bringing to the table so all of the fraternal orders of military associations you know um, VFW legions, DAV, that kind of thing, uh, all got together and pushed together one package. Right? Um, they realized that all of these individual bills that they were bringing forward are—they all coincided with each other. They all focused on different things, um, but they all um, worked well together. Um, and so, what we see is this omnibus bill that was packed that is now that we refer to as the PACT Act. Um, the major changes that we're seeing is, as all of y'all have probably seen on TV, is we see the Camp Lejeune ads, or have you been to Camp Lejeune? You may be entitled to compensation, blah, 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 right? Um, that's where we start to see some of this change is where they've opened it up. While the exposure to Camp Lejeune water contamination has been open for several years now, um, to actually file a civil suit against the government uh, for this is... Uh, of significant importance it's never been done before there is no precedent for this Um, it's kind of the wild west and that's why you're seeing all of these media ad campaigns Mm -hmm. something to the tune of like 500 million has been spent already on ads for this Um, the most that i can say to that is be selective do your research um and uh, contact your CVSO. Um, what else can I say about that? It's it's a, it's a big deal, um, and there's a lot of unknowns, and the government doesn't even know. Um, 
they changed uh, rules regarding Vietnam. Um, they have added hypertension, and then they also added magus or magus, um, the mono the monocolonial gammopathy undetermined significance, um, and they also added hypertension, which has been a long contested condition of Agent Orange exposure. Um, so those two conditions were added to the list as well, meaning that the VA recognized that if you are in a area that they di- that they use agent orange in um, and you have this condition regardless of age regardless of time and service if you can show you were there for a day the va assumes you were exposed to agent orange that condition is due to your exposure to that um, the other large change when it comes to vietnam is that they added in um, new presumptive locations so before um when the when the law first passed, it was uh, when the laws around Agent Orange were passed. It was just boots on ground in Vietnam. Um, a couple of years ago, they added in the Blue Water area, uh, meaning twelve nautical miles off the coast of Vietnam, um, counted as being um, the same as boots on ground. Now we're not quite to the Blue Water fully, but we're getting there slowly but surely. Then the VA always had these sprinkling of other bases, um, Thailand, uh, Guam, Laos, you know, some other locations. Uh, but you had to prove you were on the fence line or that you handled it or that you cleaned a plane with it. Um, and with this PACT Act has now said that if you served on any U.S. or Royal Thai Air Base or any Thai base, um, or if you did serve in Guam, uh, Cambodia, and Laos, and even the Johnson Atoll, um, which is a ship, uh, that they consider that you are exposed to Agent Orange without having to prove you are on a fence line. And I don't know mm-hmm. if any of y'all have looked at the bases or the maps of these bases. They're not very big to begin with. There's a frustrating argument to begin with. Um, I'm happy that they finally opened this up all the way around. And that's just that. Um, they've added some new presumptives for radiation. Um, and locations for radiation. Um, but one of the massive things we get out of this is a uh, list of presumptives for Gulf War era and post 9-11 veterans as well. Um, so the VA recognizes that burn pits are a thing um, and that they have chemicals floating around and they don't know what those chemicals were and they don't really know the full extent of um all of all of this yet so um what the va basically said is um anybody who served on or after 1990 in bahrain iraq kuwait oman qatar saudi arabia somalia and the uae they consider that exposed to burn pits and other various chemicals in that time frame um they add in post 9-11 they add in afghanistan Djibouti, egypt jordan lebanon syria Uzbekistan, yemen and the airspace is above all of these locations now what does that mean if you served in that location during that time and what do these presumptives mean well the va has a list of 12 cancers and uh 12 other um kind of breathing related conditions that if you're on you know if you have a condition that falls on that list um you they consider that due to your exposure while deployed um and that's massive absolutely massive so i recommend especially if you are one of those people who have served in that area you're hearing this and you're like oh hey i served there um it's worth looking up you know uh melanoma is on the list right skin cancer um and different respiratory issues chronic rhinitis chronic sensitis or sinitis the my bane of a word is pronounced that's okay um, <laughs> so uh you know again it's worth looking at this list does it apply to you and knowing what that list is as you move on in age nothing worse than well i had that again you had it 20 years ago and now you know um you didn't file for it when right. when it came around right that's a benefit that the va recognizes these are conditions caused by your service um and that uh, you have a a just benefit coming for you you know well i think it's uh this that sounds huge and it sounds to me like almost like a whole new way of the government thinking about your service um because i would have expected and this sounds so cynical i would have expected any changes to make it more difficult 
because that's usually what seems to happen. But this is making it much easier to yes. make the claim, the justified claims. This is the first time in decades where all of these veteran organizations have pulled their might together in a single stroke um, instead of being being separated by their different requirements and their different focuses. This is the first time where they've all pulled together and, and leveraged um, their weight on Congress to do what's in the best interest for the veterans of our country. Um, and so we see that through how big this bill is. It also, I mean, the bill contains language about expanding healthcare benefits. Um, it contains language about uh, providing funding and continual research for toxic exposures for all war periods and all periods, whether it's at home or whether it's overseas, whatever their jobs may be. Um, it's to provide further research and understanding about what, all might actually be out there and so yeah it's a this is a massive change that was long overdue and well needed and there'll be some information on it at the benefit bonanza oh for sure 100 percent um this is a great time to get caught up to speed with um how this may or may not affect you um and what to expect as the va rolls this out scott uh I know you've uh, you've helped us organize the Veterans Benefit Bonanza. You've been a part kind of on the inside, too. But I, I remember talking with you uh, when I, I think was your first one that you were going to. Um, what what were some of the surprises? Because we, we had talked about how you were that guy, that, that veteran that just didn't take advantage of a lot. You had put things out of your mind. Um, for a variety of reasons, you didn't take advantage. What what surprised you at your first benefit bonanza? I think one of the biggest things that stood out to me was the number of non-government entities that were there to help veterans. Um, with just a, such a wide range of of different resources that you've got available. Um, and, and it's not always, here again, it's not always about... Uh, you know, some type of compensation. Sometimes it's just that assistance with, uh, uh, you know, putting together a resume, um, assistance on buying a home, assistance with uh, uh, healthcare. Um, you know, you need you need dental work done, whatever it might be. There's there's so many more resources than just what the government offers. And, I mean, that in and of itself is so much to unpack and there's so much to know there and hadn't kept up with any of that stuff and then to really have my eyes open that there's all these other organizations out there that are are doing things to help veterans and their families was was very very eye-opening for me our community is a very supportive community and it, it really kind of shows through at this event what all our community or what's in our local Cooley region area um, and how they support vets and what they do for vets. It's quite a word community. And I think, I think with veterans, you, you really mean it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's a, it's a very large community. And, and sometimes you just don't know that, you know, Oh, I didn't realize they also do this or they have a separate program for that. And we, uh, we hear that constantly. I never even thought of this as something I could you know, utilize as a veteran, you know, and use that, um, use that ability to get something that they were needing in their life. You know, just, uh, I think sort of a change of topic mm -hmm. a little bit. I, you know, I'm one of those people that has often said, thank you for your service. And I would like to say to both of you, thank you for your service. But that is, there's, are there, what would you like us to say? Or what, what is a, is there a better thing to say? Or what should we say? Because it's often, uh, there's a little bit of pressure. You're like, I, I, I want to be respectful. I want to acknowledge it, but I don't know what to do. Uh, what is there something to say? Don't worry. We're just as awkward about it as you are. I was going to ask about that. Do you guys know exactly what to say or not? No, no, not at all. And that's actually, it's, it's funny. You should, you should bring that up because I've, I've been thinking of that, of that comment. And I think one of the best things that you could do to thank a veteran for their service is to recommend that they check out what benefits are available to them. Um, a lot of veterans are very proud people, and they're not necessarily always going to seek out that help themselves. So give them a kick in the ass and and tell them to get down there and and find out what's available. Have them give Rob a call and 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 sit down and have that meeting and and find out what's available for them. I, I think that would be one of the best things that you could do for 
your friend or family member that served is to help them find the resources that they need. Okay. Rob, what do you think? What, what do you like to hear said to you? Here's a drink. <laughs> well, Scott was on drink detail, and uh, somehow I guess our, our our requisition form. I'm trying to talk military talk here. The requisition form for the beer got lost in uh, in transit. It's still pending, unfortunately. Yeah, I'll never per- turn out a free beverage. That's perpetually for sure. pending. Right? That's always pending. Come back later. Try again. You know, you forgot the supplemental form. If if all we can say is thanks for your service, is that yeah. enough? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's a good, there's so much more to say, but I guess it's a good place to start. Yeah, as long as, you know, like the biggest thing is as long as it's said in, in uh, what's sort of looking for, genuine fashion. Um, you know, the concern is that, always, you know, it doesn't become just a, um, just a passing statement like how you doing you know mm-hmm. oh, well you're a vet thank you for your service you know moving yeah. on they, you know like um you know that's it you know, just a caution of that you know make sure it's genuine and you know like because you can definitely tell the difference you know whether it's just yeah. a passing statement of obligation or whether that person does or does not mean that yeah and like I said, it's a it's a it's a good place to start the conversation, mm-hmm. um, and a good place to end our conversation. <laughs> One more time, Rob, yep. tell us uh, the quick details on the Veterans Benefit Bonanza. All right, the better the Veterans Benefit Bonanza will take place November fifth, the Saturday before Veterans Day, um, and it's ten a.m. to four p.m. at the Lacrosse Center South Hall. This event is free for everybody and anybody, and. For folks that are going to hear this podcast after the Veterans Benefit Bonanza, uh, is there a way to get information anytime? Yep. You can either go to the Bonanza website. Um, we'll have some of our sponsors listed up there, um, as well as contacting your county's veteran service officer. All of us are on our own websites. Um, if you just look up your county and... Um, You'll see our names listed on the website or look for Veteran Services. You'll see us there. Okay. Uh, thank you both for being here. No, thank you. Thanks for having us. All right. Beer next time, Scott. Beer. Yes, beer. He thought we were kidding, Rob. <laughs> I, I've known Scott a long time. I don't know why he would ever think we would joke about that. I'm Ken Cooper, and this has been Around River City. Thanks to Scott and to Rob Thone, the Houston County Veteran Service Officer. By the way, if you're a veteran, the services that we talked about throughout the podcast uh, can be available to you at any time. So take Rob's advice and look up your County Veteran Service Officer. They've each got their own website. And thanks for being a part of the conversation on Around River City.